بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we left off talking about some of the precursors of the Battle of Badr. And we mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ received intelligence, he received information that there was a huge caravan on the way back from Syria going towards Mecca. And this caravan consisted of 1,000 camels and the merchandise that 1,000 camels could carry. And it was being led by Abu Sufyan. Now, the thing that made this caravan different than other caravans of the Quraysh is that although Abu Sufyan was in charge of that caravan, the merchandise on that caravan did not exclusively belong to Abu Sufyan. So when Abu Sufyan was leaving Mecca to go to Syria to do business, he told the other leaders of the Quraysh, he said, anyone who wants to send their goods and their money with me, I will go to Syria on your behalf and I will do business on your behalf and I will come back with your wealth. So a lot of the leaders of the Quraysh, they gave him their wealth. They entrusted him with their wealth to go to Syria and do business on their behalf. And then he would come back with their wealth or whatever money he was able to earn for them. So this particular caravan was being led by Abu Sufyan, but it contained merchandise and wealth of a lot of important people from the Quraysh. So it was a very important caravan, not only to Abu Sufyan himself, but to the other leaders of the Quraysh as well. So the Prophet ﷺ, he got the information that there was this caravan, it's on its way back from Syria, going back towards Mecca. It's being led by Abu Sufyan, it's a huge caravan with lots of merchandise and the security is weak. There are only 40 people guarding that caravan. So the Prophet ﷺ thought that this is a good opportunity. They could ambush that caravan and they could take that merchandise. So the Prophet ﷺ, as soon as he heard about it, he told the people in Medina, whoever is ready, whoever has an animal to ride, let's go. Let's go and catch and intercept that caravan. So whoever had a riding animal, they went out with the Prophet ﷺ in the direction of Badr. So Abu Sufyan, he also had his spies. So he realized and he found out that the Muslims had this plan, that the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and his companions are making an attempt to ambush this caravan. Now Abu Sufyan got very scared because it's not only his wealth here. This is the wealth of all of the VIPs of the Quraysh. And if he loses this, then he's going to be in big trouble. So he panicked and he got very scared. So he sent a man by the name of Dhamdham Ibn Amr al-Ghifari. He sent him ahead. He said, go to Mecca. Quickly go to Mecca and tell the Quraysh that we are in danger, that the caravan is in danger, that Muhammad and his companions are 
getting ready to ambush the caravan. So he sent Dhamdham ibn Amr al-Ghifari. So Dhamdham, he went to Mecca as fast as he could. And when he arrived in Mecca, when he arrived in Mecca, he ripped his shirt. He ripped it from the front and he ripped it from the back. And he cut off the nose of his camel. And he took some of that blood and he splashed it on himself. He wanted to make a big scene here. And then he called out, Ya Quraysh, Ya Quraysh, Muhammad and his companions, they have attacked your caravan. Even though they didn't attack the caravan. There was just this intelligence that the Muslims were planning to attack the caravan. But up to that point, they hadn't yet. But Dhamdham, he decided to make a big drama out of it. And he did all of these things. He, cut his, he ripped open his shirt, he cut off the nose of his camel, he splashed blood on himself to make it look like a big scene had happened. And he told the people of the Quraysh that your caravan has been attacked. Go and help Abu Sufyan. So now the Quraysh, they're very upset, they're furious, and they prepare for battle. They said, okay, if he has attacked our caravan, if Muhammad and his companions have attacked our caravan, then we need to go out and we need to meet them and we need to fight them. So they prepared themselves for battle. They prepared a huge army. And with that army, they had 700 camels, 200 horses, and 950 men. And these 950 men had their weapons and they were armed to the teeth. They had all of their armor and all of their weaponry and they were ready for a full-blown war. So 950 men, 700 camels, 200 horses. And they are ready to go out to meet Muhammad and his companions in battle. So the VIPs of the Quraysh, the leaders of the Quraysh, they all went along with this expedition. Abu Jahl, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt and the other VIPs of the Quraysh, they all accompanied this army. And the only one who didn't go from the leaders of the Quraysh was Abu Lahab. And Abu Lahab, his way out of it or his excuse to get out of actually going into battle was that there was a man named Al-As ibn Hisham ibn Al-Mughira. And Al-As, he owed Abu Lahab 4,000 dirhams. Abu Lahab had loaned him 4,000 dirhams and Al-As was not able to pay it back. So Abu Lahab says to Al-As, he says, okay, I'll forgive your debt. You don't have to pay me back that 4,000 dirhams, but you go in my place in the battle. So Al-As, he agreed and Abu Lahab got to sit home in Mecca. Also, Umayyah ibn Khalaf. Umayyah ibn Khalaf was one of the wicked men of the Quraysh. He was the man actually who used to own Bilal and he used to torture Bilal in a barbaric way until Abu Bakr purchased him. So Umayyah ibn Khalaf, he was a big fat guy who was not in good physical shape. So he had no intention to go in the battle as well. Now this is too hard. So he had no intention to go out in the battle. So he was sitting by the Kaaba and Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, one of the other leaders of the Quraysh, he goes up to Umayyah ibn Khalaf with Bukhur, you know, the, the scent, the Bukhur. So he goes up to him and he gives him this Bukhur so that he can 
adorn himself with this perfume. And Umayyah ibn Khalaf is confused. He said, why are you doing this? He said, Tabakhar, you have to be scented because you're a woman and women always have to have a good scent. You're not going out in the battle with us. You're a woman, so you should have a good perfume. So Umayyah ibn Khalaf, he was very embarrassed and humiliated by this. So he said, no, no, I'm going, I'm going. And he actually went out with the army as well. So they went out with all of their preparations, with their animals, with their supplies, with their weaponry, and they went out towards Badr to meet the Prophet ﷺ and his companions in battle. But before they left, before they left Mecca, they hesitated because there was a tribe, a tribe known as Kinana, and the Quraysh were afraid if they left Mecca, if the Quraysh left Mecca, Kinana would come into Mecca and take over. If all of these leaders of the Quraysh are going out, Abu Jahal, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, and these big VIPs of the Quraysh, if they're all leaving Mecca, this will give Kinana, the tribe of Kinana, an opportunity to come and take over Mecca. So they were worried about this. But the shaitan came to them. The shaitan came to the Quraysh in a human form, in the form of Suraqah ibn Malik al-Jush'umi. And we spoke about Suraqah ibn Malik radiallahu anhu a while back when the Prophet ﷺ was making hijrah, Suraqah actually saw him and Abu Bakr. And he had a conversation with the Prophet ﷺ. And he didn't accept Islam yet at that time. But later on, he did accept Islam. So the shaitan, he comes in the form of Suraqah ibn Malik. And Suraqah ibn Malik was from the tribe of Kinana. So the shaitan tells these leaders of the Quraysh, don't worry, I am a leader of the tribe of Kinana and I will make sure that your position is safe. Kinana will not take over Mecca while you are gone. So they felt comfortable with this and they went off. And this is mentioned in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anfal, وَإِذْ زَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ وَقَالَ لَا غَالِبَ لَكُمُ الْيَوْمَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَإِنِّي جَارٌ لَكُمْ When the shaitan, he beautified the actions of the kuffar of the Quraysh to them. And he said to them, لَا غَالِبَ لَكُمُ الْيَوْمَ مِنَ النَّاسِ He said, no one will defeat you from the people today. Go out and fight with Muhammad and his companions and destroy them. And you will defeat them. وَإِنِّي جَارٌ لَكُمْ And I will take care of you, don't worry. I will make sure that Mecca is safe and it is not taken over by anyone. So the shaitan gave them this promise in order for them to go in hope that these kuffar of the Quraysh with this huge army, they would go and kill the Muslims. So the kuffar of the Quraysh, they left Mecca and they went towards the location of Badr in order to fight with the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. Meanwhile, while this is all happening, Abu Sufyan is able to successfully change the path of his caravan in order to avoid being intercepted by the Muslims. So he changes his path. He takes a path that is usually not taken by any of the caravans and he's able to avoid a confrontation with the Muslims. Now the Muslims, they left Medina 
not with the intention to fight a full-out war. They left Medina just with the intention to ambush this caravan. And this caravan, like we said, it didn't have much security. It only had 40 people in the caravan. So the Muslims, when they went out, they weren't expecting a full-out war. They were just expecting to take over, to overpower those 40 people and take the caravan. But now, the Quraysh is coming with a full-blown army. So the situation has changed. Because the Muslims left Medina in a hurry in order to intercept the, ca the caravan, they didn't go with much supplies. They only had 70 camels and two horses. And there were 313 men. So compare this to the army of the Kuffar of the Quraysh. The army of the Kuffar of the Quraysh, there are 950 men, 700 camels, 200 horses, and they have weaponry and armor. The Muslims, there are 313 men, 70 camels, and two horses. And they didn't really bring much weaponry or armor either. Just what they would need in order to overpower 40 people. So, the situation turned out to be something that they weren't expecting. Now, the Muslim army, they didn't know that Abu Sufyan had changed his course. So they were still looking for that caravan. And also they didn't know that the Quraysh had pre pre prepared this huge army from Mecca and that this army was coming in their direction. So the Muslims, they didn't know about this until the Prophet ﷺ received revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is the situation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the Prophet ﷺ that there is an army from the Quraysh coming from Mecca. They are coming to fight you. So when the Prophet ﷺ received this information from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gathered his companions. He gathered them together to inform them of the situation and to see what they had to say about it. So the Prophet ﷺ, he tells them, this is the situation. There is an army from Mecca coming to fight us. What do you guys have to say? The Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, Ashiru alayya, ayyuhan nas. Oh people, tell me, what do you have to say about this? So Abu Bakr an, he's the first one to stand up and speak. And he tells the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, we will support you in whatever you do. We will obey your commands no matter what you tell us to do. Just order us and we are under your command. The Prophet ﷺ, he praised Abu Bakr and he thanked Abu Bakr for these beautiful words. And then the Prophet ﷺ said again, Ayyuhan nas, ashiru alayya, O people, tell me what you think. Umar ibn Khattab عنه, is the next one to speak. And he speaks similarly to what Abu Bakr said. He said, Ya, ya Rasulullah, whatever you tell us to do, we will follow you and we will obey you. So the Prophet says to Umar, عنه, he thanks him and he praises him. And the Prophet continues, Ashiru nas. Tell me what you think, O people. The next one to stand is Al-Miqdad ibn Al-Aswad radiallahu anhu, also from the Muhajireen. Now notice here, Abu Bakr, Umar, and now Al-Miqdad ibn Al-Aswad. So far, everyone who's speaking, they are from the Muhajireen. 
So Al-Miqdad ibn Aswad, he speaks with some beautiful words. He says, Ya Rasulullah, go forward with wherever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you to do, whatever he tells you to do, you follow him and we will follow you, Ya Rasulullah. And we will not say like Bani Israel said to Musa alayhi salam. When Musa alayhi salam told them to go and fight, they said to Musa alayhi salam, فَذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَ إِنَّ هَا هُنَا قَاعِدُونَ Bani Israel, they said to Musa alayhi salam, when he ordered them to go and fight and enter Jerusalem, what did they say to Musa alayhi salam? You and your Lord go fight, we are sitting here. So Al-Miqdad ibn Al-Aswad, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we will not say to you like Bani Israel said to Musa, فَذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَ إِنَّ هَا هُنَا قَاعِدُونَ Rather, we say, فَذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَ إِنَّا مَعَكُمَا مُقَاتِلُونَ He said, we say to you, Ya Rasulullah, you and your Lord go fight, we are with you fighting. Subhanallah, compare the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the companions of Musa alayhi salam. And then Al-Miqdad said, Ya Rasulullah, if you take us all the way to Birk al-Ghimad, Birk al-Ghimad is near Yemen. So they're at Badr and Al-Miqdad is saying to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you take us all the way close to Yemen and between Badr and Birk al-Ghimad, there were 14 tribes that were hostile towards Islam. Between Badr and Birk al-Ghimad, 14 tribes that are hostile towards Islam. So Al-Miqdad is saying, Ya Rasulullah, if you take us all the way there, we will fight one by one all of these tribes. If that's what you want us to do. We're not ready just for one battle. We will do 14 battles if you command us to do that, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet was very happy with what Al-Miqdad ibn Al-Aswad radiallahu anhu said. But he continued. He said, Ashiru alayya ayyuhal nas. Tell me what you think, O people. Three people have spoken so far, but the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa still wants more. So now, Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, who is from the leaders of the Ansar, he understands the reason why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa keeps going, keeps asking. He wants someone from the Ansar to speak as well. So far, it's only the Muhajireen who have spoken. And the Prophet ﷺ is looking for someone from the Ansar to give their view. And Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh now he understood this. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, it seems as if you want someone from the Ansar to speak. And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. So Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh one of the great men of the Ansar, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, you came to Medina. We believed in you and we made a promise to you that we would always support you. So take us wherever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you to take us. We will follow you. Wallahi ya Rasulullah, wallazi ba'athaka bil By the one who raised you in truth, by Allah, ya Rasulullah, if you take us into the sea, if you take us into the Red Sea, we will all follow you into the sea and not one single one of us will stay back. So the Prophet ﷺ was very happy to hear this from Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh So now he knows that he has the support of his companions from the Muhajireen and the Ansar. So he's very happy. And this shows the bravery of the Sahaba. Look at the Sahaba. عنهم, they're ready 
to do whatever the Prophet ﷺ tells them to do and they're ready to fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet ﷺ after hearing from his companions, he says, yes, we will go forward insha'Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised me one of the two groups. What are the two groups? One group is the caravan of Abu Sufyan that has all of this merchandise. And the other group is the army of the Quraysh that is coming from Mecca. So there are these two parties, there's these two groups. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a promise to the Prophet that you will get one of them. Either you will get the caravan and get all of that merchandise, or if not that, you will defeat the army of the Quraysh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised the Prophet that he will get one of these. وَإِذْ يَعِدُكُمُ اللَّهُ إِحْدَى الطَّائِفَتَيْنِ أَنَّهَا لَكُمْ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised you that one of the groups, it would be for you. So, some of the believers, they were hoping, when the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given this promise that either they would get the caravan or they would defeat the army of the Quraysh. A group of the Muslims were hoping that they wouldn't have to fight. They were hoping that that promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it would be for the caravan of Abu Sufyan. They thought that would be easy. They thought that, that they would be better prepared for that. You know, they didn't come out of Medina prepared for war. They don't have many supplies. They don't have armor. They don't have many weapons. They don't have many people. So a group of the believers, they were hoping when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this promise that either you will get the caravan or you will defeat the army. They were hoping that it would be the caravan. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He had other plans. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted the truth to be manifest and falsehood to be destroyed. And what would be a greater victory for the truth and a greater defeat for falsehood? That the Muslims get this caravan and go back to Medina or that the Muslims defeat this powerful army of the Quraysh? What would be a bigger victory for Islam and a bigger defeat for the falsehood of Kufr? So this was the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Muslims, they continued forward and the kuffar of the Quraysh, they continued forward. Until the Muslims reached a place called Al-Udwatul Dunya. Al-Udwatul Dunya. Al-Udwatul Dunya was a valley that was behind a sand dune. You know when you go into the desert, you see these big sand dunes, these big mounds of dirt. So behind one of those mounds of dirt was a place that is known as Al-Udwatul Dunya. So the Muslims, they reached that place. Now remember, the Muslims are coming from the north. They're coming from Medina. So they reached Al-Udwatul Dunya and they're behind this sand dune. The Kuffar, they're coming from the south. The Kuffar of the Quraysh coming from Mecca, coming from the south side. They also reached behind another sand dune and that area where they were in was called Al-Udwatul Quswa. So Al-Udwatul Dunya is the, called the nearer valley. That's where the Muslims reached. And Al-Udwatul Quswa, that's the farther valley. And that is where the Kuffar had reached. 
and each one of them is behind a sand dune. And as for the caravan of Abu Sufyan, he took a different way in order to avoid interception. So on the west, towards the coast of the Red Sea, there were some mountains. And Abu Sufyan, he was behind those mountains. So I want to give you guys kind of a visual view so you'll understand exactly what the situation was. So we have our props here today. And inshallah, I'll give you some type of a visual demonstration. So let's say Medina is towards the north. So this is the north and this is the south. So Medina is towards this side and Mecca is towards this side. So the Kufar, they're coming from here and the Muslims, they're coming from here. So this is one of the sand dunes and this is also one of the sand dunes. So from the north side, the Muslims have come from Medina. They have reached right behind this sand dune. So let's say this is the Muslim army here. All right. So we have the Muslim army here. They have reached Al-Udwatu Dunya. Coming from Medina, they have reached Al-Udwatu Dunya behind the sand dune. The Kufar, they're coming from Mecca. They have reached Al-Udwatu Al-Quswa, the farther valley, and they're also behind a sand dune. Abu Sufyan, he's not coming on the same way. This is the Red Sea, past the table here, this is the Red Sea. And before the Red Sea, there are these mountains, right? So we have these mountains here. All right, so we have these mountains. And the caravan of Abu Sufyan, it's right here. The caravan of Abu Sufyan here behind the mountains. So you get a, a visual idea of how it's working now, right? So the Muslims, they came from Medina. They're behind this mound of sand here in a place called Al-Udwatu Dunya, the nearer valley. The Kufar who had come from Mecca, they are at Al-Udwatu Al-Quswa, the farther valley also behind one of these dunes. And Abu Sufyan, he has went a different way and he went behind the mountains and he is between the mountains, he's between the mountains and the Red Sea. So this is the situation that it was at. So the Muslims, they don't know where the Kufar army is. The Kufar army of the Quraysh, they don't know where the Muslims are. The Muslims don't know where Abu Sufyan's caravan is behind the mountains. The Kufar of the Quraysh, they also don't know where Abu Sufyan's caravan is. Abu Sufyan's caravan doesn't know where the Muslims are and they don't know where the Kufar are. So nobody knows where anybody is at this point. So this is the situation and this was the layout of the situation over there at, at Badr. So all of this was planned perfectly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the Kufar, when they reached this position, they sent two boys, two young men who were with them to go and look for water. Remember, we're in the middle of the desert here. There are wells here and there. So you need to search for water. So the Kufar of the Quraysh, they sent two young men to search for water. So these two young men, they move forward. They're looking for water. And the Muslims see these two boys. The Muslims see these two boys and they capture them. And they bring them back to their camp. The Muslims bring these two boys back to their camp. At the camp, the Prophet ﷺ, he's praying salah. The Prophet ﷺ is praying salah. And these sahaba who captured these two boys, they start interrogating them. Who are you? Where did you come from? And they tell the truth. The two boys, they tell the truth. They said, we are with the army of the Quraysh. And uh, the Sahaba, they said, no, you're not with the army of the Quraysh. You're with the caravan of Abu Sufyan. See, they still had it in their mind. They had that hope that we're going to get the caravan of Abu Sufyan and we won't have to fight. So they said, no, you're not with the army of the Quraysh. You're with the caravan of Abu Sufyan. You're lying. 
They said, no, we're not lying. We're with the army of the Quraysh. No, you're lying. And they started beating them. And under the pressure of being beaten, the two boys, they said, okay, okay, whatever you say. We're with the caravan of Abu Sufyan. Even though they were not with the caravan of Abu Sufyan, just to stop being beaten, they, they confessed to something that wasn't true. Now the Sahaba, they're happy. Okay, you're with the caravan of Abu Sufyan. In the meantime, the Prophet wasallam he finishes the salah, finishes his prayer. And he says to the companions, look, when he was telling you the truth, you beat him. Now, he's, now they're lying to you and you let them go. They were telling you the truth and you beat them. And now they're lying to you and you let them go. Rather, it is true what they were saying. They are from the army of the Quraysh. They're not with the caravan. So now it is clear that the Muslims are going to have to fight the kuffar of the Quraysh. And now it is also very clear that the kuffar are near. They're not far off. They are near. The fact that these boys came so close to the Muslim camp, it means that the kuffar army is close. So the Prophet ﷺ realized this and he knew that they had to move forward and get ready to fight. So they moved forward and they passed Al-Udwatul Dunya. They moved forward. And they stopped in a certain place. So they moved forward, they passed the dune, they passed <coughs> Al-Udwatul Dunya, they passed the valley. And they stopped in a certain place. So now they're in front here. And one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ by the name of Al-Hubab ibn Al-Munzir radiallahu anhu he asks the Prophet ﷺ when they stopped at this place. He asked the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, Amanzilun anzalakallahu iya laysa lana an nastaqdimahu aw nastakhira am so he asked the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, is this place that you stopped, is it revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you stop in this place? Or is it just your own planning and your own strategy? Of course, if it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's it. That means we cannot say anything. But if it's just your own planning and your own strategy, and we can give you our opinions about it, then we can discuss it. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Bal No, this is just a strategy. It is not revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Okay, what do you think? Yeah, Al-Hubab. And Al-Hubab said, This is not the right place that we should stay. We should move forward. We should still move more forward. <coughs> and we should go to the first well. There were a lot of wells in that area. So Al-Hubab suggested that we move forward, we pass all of the wells, and we go to the first well. So all of the wells now will be behind us. All of the wells will be behind us, and we are located at the first well. So we have control now of all of the wells. The wells are behind us, and we have a well with us at our position, and the kuffar, they cannot get any wells. If we stay at this place, the kuffar can move forward and they can get some wells too. So we need to make sure all of the wells are either behind us or with us. So the kuffar have no chance to get any of the wells. So we will have control and access to the water. We can drink and the kuffar, they won't have any water. The kuffar will remain thirsty and they won't be able to fight well if they're thirsty. So this was the strategy of Al-Hubab ibn Al-Munzir radiallahu anhu. And the Prophet sallallahu agreed with this plan. He said, Ni'mar ra'i. 
this is a good idea, this is a good plan, and they went ahead according to the plan of Al-Hubab. So they took control of all of the wells, they made sure that the wells were behind them and not in front of them, so they had access to all of the water, and the kuffar had no access to any of the water. So, the nightfall came, and this is the night before the decisive battle of Badr. And when the night came, the Prophet ﷺ, he spent that night in dua and prayer, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give the Muslims victory. And the Prophet ﷺ understood the importance of this battle. He made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma anjiz li ma wa'attani. Ya Allah, give me what you have promised me. Allahumma in tuhlik. Ya Allah, oh Allah, if you allow this group of Muslims to be defeated, then you will not be worshipped on this earth, Ya Allah. So he begged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for victory. He spent the night asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for victory. He raised his hands high in the air, begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for victory. Such to the extent that the robe that he was wearing, it fell off shoulders it fell off his shoulders onto his back he was asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for victory and he kept asking and asking and asking until Abu Bakr radiallahu an came from behind him and he put his robe back on the shoulders of the Prophet sallallahu and he hugged the Prophet sallallahu from behind and he said Ya Rasulullah this is enough you have asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will definitely give you what he has promised you. So that night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he caused a deep drowsiness and a slumber to come upon the Muslims. So they had a very relaxing sleep that night. Usually the night before a battle, you can't sleep. You know, this is something big that's going to happen the next day. You know that you're going to have to fight. You'll be nervous and anxious. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them this drowsiness and this slumber so they could relax. So when they wake up and the time for the battle comes, they will have all of their energy and all of their strength. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a rain down to clean them and to purify them, to prepare them for this battle. So the morning came and before the battle started, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he started pointing out to locations. He would point out to locations. Hada Masra Abi Jahl. Hada Masra Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt. Hada Masra Fulan. Hada Masra Fulan. He was pointing out places and he was saying, This is the location where Abu Jahl will be killed. This is the location where Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt will be killed. This is the location where so and so will be killed. This is the location where so and so will be killed. So the Sahaba are seeing this. And Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, he says, Wallahi, after the battle of Badr was over, we saw the bodies of those dead leaders of the Quraysh on the ground. And Wallahi, everyone that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam named, they were in the exact location that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned. Subhanallah. So before the battle started, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent someone to take a look at the army of the Quraysh to see how many people they were. So this man from the Muslims, he went to see 
and he couldn't really get an estimate how many they were. So he came back to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, I couldn't really tell exactly how many there were. It was a pretty big number, but I can't tell exactly. So the Prophet ﷺ, and it shows the intelligence of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, at the time of their meals, how many camels were they sacrificing? And the man said, yeah, at the time of their meals, they were sacrificing or they were slaughtering about nine or ten camels. About nine or ten camels. So the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, that means there are 900 to 1,000 people. 900 to 1,000 people. Because the Prophet ﷺ knew that one camel was enough for about 100 people. So 9 to 10 camels means that the Kuffar army is 900 to 1,000 people. And he was right. It was about 950 people in the army of the Kuffar. Also the Kuffar of the Quraysh, they sent someone to the Muslim side to see, to take a look at how many people they had in their army. So they sent a man named Umair ibn Wahab. And Umair ibn Wahab, later on, he became a Muslim. But at that time, he was with the Kuffar of the Quraysh. So Umair ibn Wahab, he went and he took a look at the Muslim army. And he came back to the Kuffar of the Quraysh and he said, There are about 300. There are about 300 plus or minus a few. Maybe a little less than a 300. Maybe a little bit more than 300. His, his estimate was very accurate. There were 313. But then he said something very important and very significant. He said to the Quraysh, there are about 300 people, more or less, but they don't have any backup and they don't have any armor. They just have their swords. So they are a people who are ready to fight 100%. They're just depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after that, they have their swords. So these people, they are ready to fight to the death. So, in my estimation, in my opinion, even if you kill one of them, they will kill at least one of you. For every one of them that you kill, they will kill at least one of you or more. So think about this. Even if you win the battle, you will lose at least 300 men for sure. Because for every one of them that you kill, they will kill at least one of you or maybe more than one of you. So do you really want to do this? Do you really want to lose 300 men from your army? At least 300 men from your army will be killed. So he, he warned the Quraysh that even if they are victorious, even if they win, they will suffer heavy casualties. They will suffer heavy losses. But the Quraysh, out of their arrogance and their pride, they didn't want to go back and they moved forward in order to fight. And inshallah, next week we will talk about the actual fighting of the Battle of Badr, bi-ithnillah. Wallahu a'alam, wa sallallahu wa sallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.